0: welcome back everyone you are tuning in to the truth that heals podcast i am your host and today i would like to welcome a very special guest coming all the way from germany thank you so much um can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are before we get started
1: hi everybody my name is annabelle and i'm from germany And I'm very happy that I have the chance to be on the podcast, to share my story. And um, in my early 20s, I've been living in a cult. And I'm just so grateful that now I have a different life and a different lifestyle. And I got out, (laughs) so to say. And I'm free and um, can just live my life in a different way now.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it that you said that you're free now and that you're now living your life a different way. I'm so happy to hear that. So before we get into the whole cult story, what was your life like before you got involved with the cult? Was it a, were you born in the cult or was, were you introduced into the cult later in life?
1: Yeah, I got introduced when I was 20 years old, so before I was just living a typical life, you know, just going to school and maybe partying sometimes and just doing what typical teenagers are doing in their free time. And um, when I was 19 years old, um, I traveled to Nepal in Asia and just um, because I was very interested in Buddhism and Hinduism and Eastern philosophies and religions. And um, I um, I went there to be an English teacher, and then I also got more familiar with um, Buddhism and Hinduism. And when I got back from Asia, I. Um, was a little bit depressed in Germany, you know, because everything felt so different, like culture shock to be in Europe again. And um, I read autobiography by a yogi by um, Paramahamsa Yogananda. It's a, it was a saint in India, and um, there he describes um, how he met his guru. And I also had the desire to meet a guru or a spiritual teacher. And um, the friend of my uh, mother, she was very into Hinduism and Eastern philosophies. And she told me that there is a guru here in Germany and I don't have to travel all the way to India to meet him. So I got very interested into that.
0: Okay. So when you, you heard about this guru through your friend, uh, did Mm -hmm. you immediately go to see him or did you study about him first? How was that first encounter?
1: Yeah, it was very interesting because I was just one day at home and I was very depressed at that time and just wondering um, what can I do with my life, you know, should I study, should I go back into volunteering work and um, suddenly um, I got a phone call by my friend and she said um, that um, she wants me to come to her place because there is a Swami, a Hindu monk at her place and that was a disciple of that guru and um, so I, um, I went there in the same evening and um and then he he said that yeah I can see something about your life and you really need spiritual guidance and he showed me some videos about Hindu saints and um, he showed me a video about the guru as well and um, I kind of fell in love you know with him because he was singing a beautiful song and his whole appearance felt so divine and so attracting to me and then I asked him so when can I meet him I really i'm so keen on meeting him and then he said yeah you can meet him in about five days because he's just giving um a big event here in germany and we can go there by car and you're very welcome to join us
0: so in five so five days later you went to go see him yeah
1: yeah and they made it very special you know in a way that he said um it might be that there are some challenges before meeting him and um, I had some pain in my neck, you know, and he said, oh, that's normal. Many people are getting very ill before meeting them. him, And it's just a test by the guru. But you are so strong that you came to see him all the way, even though that you had pain in your neck and so on. And um, so when I came there, um, there were some people and they were singing Hindu songs and they were greeting me and they said, oh, it's so wonderful. You're here now and you don't have to feel lost anymore we are your spiritual family and we are so happy to connect with you and um, it was so so nice you know what a nice atmosphere i thought and everybody was so friendly and just um, welcoming me right away and Yeah, I was very excited Um, when I was there, um, you know, then they said, okay, in five minutes, the guru will arrive. So everybody was standing up and they were, you know, folding their hands as a um, respectful gesture, you know, like namaste and um, my heart was racing so much, you know, and I was very excited to meet him.
0: How did it make you feel when they told you uh, where your family now, or like they were very, it, it sounded like they were very welcoming, What were you Mm -hmm. thinking when they were telling you all of those nice things?
1: I really thought, um, you know, that um, maybe God has made me, um, guided me, you know, to meet them and that now I'm, arriving home in a place where I belong, you know, because before I felt so lost and I thought maybe this is a sign. And now finally I meet, met the right people and I met my community, so to say. And um, what it was really interesting because he was giving Darshan and in the Hindu culture, um, he just pressing um, your thumb on your third eye, you know, and um, that's like a blessing or something like that. And then after this um, event, I was back in the car with my friends and um, somebody called me and they said yeah the guru wants to talk to you and he said that now he's giving initiation and um, he's offering you to be part of this community and but you have um, only very short time to think about it because it's just now and um, after some time he doesn't give this blessing anymore so it's a very special occasion and just think about it and tell us um, as, as soon as possible if you want to be part and then I felt a little bit like wow <laughs> you know I just met him and this is a little bit like pressuring me now yeah. but I also felt like wow maybe I'm chosen you know or something like that and maybe he's seen something in my karma maybe it's really a special blessing and um, and then I, I really didn't think about it a long time I just said yes I want to be part and I want to get initiated so two weeks later um, I received the spiritual name and uh, my whole lifestyle changed from that on, yeah.
0: Did you say two weeks later?
1: Yes, it went really fast. And um, I talked to this guru and because um, it well, this ashram, you know, the spiritual center, it was like five hours from my home. And then he said, don't worry about your parents. Just tell them you are on a yoga retreat, you know, and, and then slowly um, you will just stay there and they will accept your decision and so on. And I really thought that he's psychic, you know, that whatever he says about my future and so on, that it's just the will of God. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to trust him.
0: So here you are, you you were in a place, you were saying where you felt kind of lost and then you go to this uh event and now you felt that you were home and very Mm -hmm. welcoming and i'm assuming very loving but then they put this pressure on you to join right away yeah and so two weeks later you get initiated what was your family's reaction because it's a very quick sequence of events
1: yeah, in the beginning, they were quite concerned. And um then my father, he said, maybe it's just a phase. You know, maybe she will just stay for three months and she will just um learn yoga and um do whatever you know she wants to, like on a vacation. And then later she can go back to her normal lifestyle. But they didn't expect me to stay there like two years. You know, I just I really dived deep into it, and I just um stayed there, mm-hmm.
0: so when you you know got initiated, uh, is it like a like a small community? Is it a compound? Do you live like in apartments? What what is life like once you joined?
1: Yeah, um, like um that center um that he had before it was very small and um on that day um some other people also got initiated the same day like me and they also got new names. And there were people from all over the world, you know, also from different countries. I remember on my day there was a woman from Finland and she even left her family behind. You know, she had a small child in Finland and she said, yeah, God will take care of it and so on. So people were really ready to leave everything behind just to join that community. And um, so um, in this um, at that moment, it was in 2008. And he was just about to buy a new center on a really huge premises, you know, and um, because they were expanding so fast. So um, I was in the middle of um, being part of the team of building up that new ashram, you know, and um, it was a construction site, basically. So we were in the beginning sleeping on the floor, you know, very basic, and um, we didn't really have proper heating and it was just everything was, just in the middle of being constructed and um, so but we all were fully into it because we were just thinking yeah what about life in India you know people are also living in ashrams in a very simple and basic lifestyle and it was just for us it was just a new experience and we tried to make the best out of it.
0: Well, So when when you joined uh, you were saying that it's a very small small place Uh, Was your father correct? Because you mentioned earlier that your father was saying, oh, maybe it's just a phase. She's just going to be doing yoga all day and that's it. Is that what happened? That you were just doing yoga or were there more activities taking place?
1: Yeah, there were many more activities because um actually it wasn't about yoga. You know, I was really <laughs> um, misled, And I did a yoga course and um, that's correct. And that's called Kriya Yoga. So, um, but it's not the typical Kriya Yoga that the yogis in India are teaching, but um, they are teaching a different version of it. And um, and then later we got so many duties, you know, to perform every day. And um, and like I was in the beginning, um, taking care of the laundry, you know, and um, and then later I was part of the media department, um, transcribing, uh, doing transcriptions, you know, and editing the books and writing some texts for the guru and for some books, you know, and all of that. And that was a big responsibility, you know. And we were working from early in the morning till. Late at night sometimes to 2am or 3am in the morning because there were festivals going on all the time and um, and we were not paid for that you know we had to do all these activities for free of course we could stay there for free and we got accommodation and food but um, we this free work in the Hindu tradition is called seva you know and seva is just um, you're doing selfless service so it can be very exhausting.
0: Wow well, so before you joined you know before you made that decision mm-hmm. did you see yourself working in the media or or the what, what department did you say you were working in
1: yeah transcriptions and writing you know and editing yeah.
0: did you in did mm-hmm. you did you vision that or was your did you see something else you know b- before joining like what what was your expectation
1: um, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, I just followed what the guru told me at that time, because um, they always said um, what the guru says, you know, just... Um, totally fine for you you know and just trust the guru and um, the guru word was the highest command you know so um, there were other people and and they said that um, the guru he sees your talents you know and um, he awakes your talents so if you are a good musician he will tell you to be Uh in the music department and if you are an artist um, he will tell you to paint paintings and so on you know so um, yeah I just followed the direction
0: So when he pointed you in that direction, did you feel at any moment that you were being used?
1: Yeah, sometimes, but um, they were always brushing that off, you know, the other people. They always said it's the highest blessing and to be here is the most special blessing in your life. You know, there are so many souls out there who are just um who were just waiting for that um to happen in their life you know and you are here so it's best blessing to be a resident you know because not everybody had the chance to live there and there were people from america from all over the world from russia you know and they traveled um they they spent all their uh, money you know just to come for a weekend and then they said so um you know to be there is just you're so such a special person and so on they always made it look like it's the best thing in your life
0: and when you first joined you were saying how it felt like a family that you found your place in life did that last for a long time or did it start to dwindle that feeling.
1: Um, it was very interesting because um, two weeks after I joined, um, there was um, a big thing happening, you know, and there was like a scandal happening. So people um, said that somebody published something on the internet and we shouldn't take it too serious, it's just lies and rumors and they are trying to destroy the whole organization. And I just joined, you know, and I was very young. And of course, I um, tried to find out what happened. And I asked some people, you know, I'm really curious. I want to know more. And um, then somebody told me, yeah, you know, um, somebody says that the guru had some um, sexual transgressions and um, there, you know, somebody got raped and so on. And um, I was like, what? You know, like, really? I didn't even think that the guru um, had um, sexual intimacy with anybody, you know, I thought he was celibate and he was living like a monk. And um, I felt like my whole world was falling apart. But, um, you know, they tried to just keep me there and um, to make me um, stay in this illusion, you know, that the guru is holy and um, that is all just a lie. And um, the guru, he also came to me and he asked me, are you also going to leave me now? Because many people left him at that time. And I looked into his eyes and he said, I love you so much and please stay with me and don't believe them. And I said, okay, I'm going to stay here, you know? And um, they said, it's just a test, you know, whoever leaves the ashram now, he doesn't belong here. And um, they are too much into the world and they are not holy enough and all these kind of things.
0: Well, hearing that is is very scary for me because Mm. you know i've also been in a cult and it's just hearing you talk about this does remind me also about you know my experiences in the cult Mm -hmm. when things are going bad you know members start leaving and then and then the leadership they'll say oh those who leave it's because they're not uh passing the test this is just the test Mm -hmm and then when they when they leave i don't know what your experience was but for the ex members did the community look shamefully on them look down on them
1: yeah definitely like later when I left, I went through the same thing, you know, and I had friends still in that community and I wanted to remain in contact, but we were like shunned from the community, you know, and they told them not to talk to us anymore. And um, that was really sad to me, you know, because they were really close friends to me and they were like my brothers and sisters.
0: Oh, yes. It's, it it does become a, a community. and mm-hmm. And so you survived this first um i guess test uh as you continued on what were some red flags that you started seeing
1: well so um when that happened you know um the guru he um he called us for a meeting and he said so um whoever stays now with me they are my close disciples and you know they are going through the fire for me and I really appreciate it and so on. And he said, um so I but they also they wrote an email to the um to all the people and they said um, the guru um you know the order is now um um is not the same anymore and there will be new regulations and if you want to be for example now in a relationship you can do so or you can get married and you can also leave the community whatever you wish to do you are free to do so and so um at that point, um, there were also some um, couples coming out, you know, before um, it was very strict, women and men were separated, and everybody was living in a celibate lifestyle, and then um, he said, you can also become now a family and serve me in that way. And so um, then I also had a partner, and that partner, um, he was very close to the school, and... Um, He's still involved in in the organization and he met him at the year of 10 years old, you know, so he's Mm -hmm. very close to him. And um, we kind of got the blessing to be in a relationship. And the guru also told us um, that later we will get married and we will have a family and serve him. And so um, we still lived in the ashram, but in a separate um, area. And um, so we were together for around one year. And we were just, um, you know, he was also still living outside and then coming to the ashram sometimes and so on. And everything went well. But after one year, um, approximately um, one festival, the guru approached me and he was very strict to me. And he said, I want you to leave your partner. And uh, because he said um, he asked me a question, he said, who do you love more, God or your partner? And then I said, um, I didn't know what to answer. You know, I said, of course, I love both. And then he said, yeah, um, you should leave him, you know, and do it for me or something like that. And it was like an order, you know, and I told this to my boyfriend and he was very shocked and um, he started to cry. But then later we both agreed that we have to follow the guru direction, you know, so there's no other way for us because we wanted to be good disciples and we wanted to do just um, to please him, you know, in any kind of way. And um, later I found out that he did the same thing to other people, you know, even to people who were already married. He just told them out of the blue to split up. And um, they did it, you know. The women were leaving their husbands and the husbands were leaving their wives. And so he really often, he kind of destroyed the whole family. And um, because he wanted to have maybe um, the one person as a disciple and the other person he didn't want to, you know, so they were just kind of shunned from the organization. And so, in our case, it was like that, that he wanted to keep um, my partner and he kind of wanted to have me out again, I think, because I always wow. ask many questions and I was sometimes maybe a little bit too skeptical, you know, and I didn't, I don't think he liked that too much.
0: Well, it sounds like you're, or not your, but the guru changed his mind a lot because earlier, mm-hmm. earlier you were saying when that scandal, You know, when when you heard about that scandal, that you were shocked because you said you thought that he was a monk living Mm -hmm. a celibate lifestyle. Um, Before that scandal came out, were all the members required to live celibate lifestyles like a monk or a nun?
1: Yes, I mean, he had some, there were some families who already were married. And, um, but the other people who were very close to him, um, they were expected to be like a monk and like a nun.
0: And that's when you, you were saying that he separated the couples, like the married couples, he did that?
1: Yeah, sometimes he did that. Yeah, not with everybody, but um, he did that sometimes. And um, later I really learned that he is very narcissistic, you know, that he really cares in the end only about himself. And he's very manipulative. And um, he even sometimes I saw him shouting and screaming at people and in the outside, he behaves so lovingly and caring, you know, and people some people think that he's God himself, you know, that he's like an avatar who came on earth, or maybe he's God himself just to heal humanity and just to spread love and unity and peace. But um I, I saw him lose his temper um a lot, you know, and he's not what he pretends to be in the outside. When you live close with him, you can find out, you know, a lot about his personality.
0: So we're hearing a lot now about the cult uh the the cult leader um mm-hmm. not just the guru but you now now it's sounding more like a cult uh where you have all these like uh you know scandals and then cover ups and then separating of the families uh were these red flags were they starting to were they the reason why you were skeptical or was there something else that got you so, so concerned?
1: Yes, I became more and more skeptical and um, the thing is that they always say that he is omniscient, you know, he knows everything and he is even omnipresent and he really has all the divine qualities and we should always take his word for granted but um, whenever I ask him a question, for example, I ask him what should I do as my profession, you know, and he changed his answer all the time and then I thought is it really like that or is he just trying to confuse me, you know, what's happening here, so if he really knows everything, why why is he giving me a different answer all the time you know and i also i was wondering how can he remember everything you know if he has thousands of disciples and how does he know everything about everybody you know and um, there were books written about him where people described some miracles happening, like he was manifesting jewelry, for example, or holy ashes. We call them vibhuti in Hinduism, and other things. You know, uh, he um, he gives blessing, and suddenly the back pain disappeared, or something like that. You know, they try to describe him almost like Jesus, <laughs> and um, so. I I kind of tried to follow my gut, you know, and um, I felt like, okay, not everything is adding up, but maybe um, I'm just not ready enough yet, you know. And whenever these kind of thoughts came up, the other people said, yeah, but you have to be fully devoted, you know, and this is called Bhakti Yoga. And um, Bhakti means devotion. So Bhakti means fully surrender to the Guru, you know, just follow whatever he says and um, so yeah it was kind of on and off you know I kind of was on the fence of leaving and then I felt like maybe it's just I'm not spiritually advanced enough I have to grow spiritually to fully trust him and then some something magical will happen
0: (laughs) and it does take a lot to get one's life back after leaving a cult but before we get to that I wanted to ask you because you've mentioned about You know, two two different versions about this guru, the version Mm -hmm. where he is the saint, he has blessings and miracles and he's omnipresent, uh, omniscient. That's one version, the saint. But then there's the other version that you presented earlier, which was uh, the sexual abuses, uh, the anger, uh, the manipulation uh which one is the real one? Is it the saint? Is it the manipulator narcissist, or are they both kind of true? Which one would you say is is more correct?
1: Yeah, that's a very good um question I think you know um all over these years where he because um his whole life um is very interesting, you know now he is at the age of um forty five And when he was born, um, his family already noticed that he is not like the other child, you know, that he's not collecting football stickers, um, but he is collecting um, photos of saints. And, um, you know, he is singing devotional songs and not going to parties and so on that often, you know, so they thought, okay, this boy is kind of special. And um, later um, they describe, you know, in one of his um, biographies that there were kind of um, miracles around him. But I don't know if um, it, they it were just invented the, inventing that, you know, if it's a true story because I wasn't there, but that's what they tried to make us believe. And um, so the story goes like um, at the age of 14, he went um, first time to India. And there he spent some time in the ashram of um, Sri Sathya Sai Baba. And that um, was also a Hindu guru, you know, he was very famous and um, he had an ashram and Buddha party in the south of India, but he um, is already gone now, you know, and um, there were also many people, there was also a documentation actually on BBC um, where people described that um, he um, had some sexual abuse, you know, that he um, kind of had sexual abuse to young boys. And so um, some of us are wondering if um, our guru, you know, or my ex-guru, he also got um, abused by this guru, you know, and that maybe then changed something in him and later he also abused, he became an abuser as well, you know. So um, because um, he started to get famous um, in his very young years, you know, and when he, he in India, he learned a lot about Hinduism. And um, he also I think it started um, his career as a guru. You know, he also wanted to be like that famous like Sri Satya Baba. So um, later, um, he gathered his first devotees around him. And there were many people interested in him from Europe. And he had some close disciples, especially in um, Switzerland, and um, and then they also said, okay, you need to have a center, and we want to help you to organize something. And then he met more wealthy people, you know, who also gave him some money so he could start an organization. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, he he wanted to maybe be a holy person, you know, to um, maybe it was an initial ambition to become like that. But maybe something, a childhood trauma or something inside of him, maybe he got abused as well. I don't know, because um, I really don't know too much about his personal life, you know, in his early years. But um, I'm, I just assume that, you know, that um, maybe it traumatized him so much that later he also had to abuse people.
0: It's It's, I don't sad. Know. it's sad because it's, it sounds like he wanted to maybe do something good. Mm -hmm. but but you have a version where he's all-knowing and that he's a god or like you said he's an avatar but then you're seeing that he has this maybe this is just a a maybe that he has some sort of a trauma or a brokenness and it's coming out Mm -hmm. yeah and, and then he's uh supposedly uh you know it's is it is has has he been arrested for for the the violations or are these just accusations for now?
1: Yeah these are accusations but um, there has been another thing um, in his life that um, he had um, to be in court in Switzerland um, some time before because um, he stole some relics you know from the church because he um, wanted to um, create a Hindu Christian organization so he was also very much into especially Russian um, Orthodox christianity so what he did um, when he was younger he traveled a lot with his um, disciples around europe from church to church and he took the relics with him you know and um, later in the ashram he had a special room for the relics and it was really like his hobby almost you know and um, he just presented all of them in a very nice place you know he put them under glass in the v- between, and it looked really nice, you know. And, t- and later here, they even called it a museum. So they said, What you can see here is a museum of all the relics that um, we, but they didn't say that we stole, of course, but they said that were given to our guru. So they made it look like um, they, he got it from the pastor or from somebody, you know, as a gift. <laughs> he so, stole um, it. yeah, he stole them. And um, somebody reported that, of course, and then he had to go to the court, but um, I think he just went once and um, they arrested um, some of the people for a few nights and some of the people also had to um, pay some money, but not him. So they made it look like um, he was innocent and it was just the other people who were stealing for him and he always got away with it, you know, so it's really unfair actually
0: yeah sounds like it's very unfair and that's what happens in cults yeah. a lot and i
1: have a friend and um, she also was part of this documentary you know i told you that um, we had this documentary in german television but unfortunately we had to take it down because of a lawyer but that friend she was from switzerland and she told her story and she also mentioned um how he told her you know you have to do it and and there's like a spiritual a holy war going on. If you don't do it, um, something bad will happen. So he really made her steal the, these things, you know, to commit a crime. So it, it's just really crazy um, what he did to other people. And um, these people are still suffering from that, you know. And, um, yeah, it's really sad. And also, especially the sexual abuse, you know, that he did to young men is just horrible in my eyes because, um, yeah, what he did there was, um, you know, the the people that also told the story and there were people also from America and from other countries. And um, it's, uh, you know, the way that he does it is um, that he tells them, um, I want you to see you in my room, you know, and they think maybe they get a blessing or they can ask him a question and they get some advice. And um, later when he, the trust is there you know he builds up a little bit of trust and then he tells them oh can you maybe massage me and and then he takes it from there you know and he he asks them first to massage his back and then to massage him down there and so on you know and then he really is using them and abusing them so and and they get so confused because some people think that he's got himself and then and they even told that, you know, they said, maybe I was kissing God himself. So how can this be abused? You know, um, this is not an abuse. It's a special blessing. And I was the chosen one and you were not the chosen one. You know, they were even showing off that they got abused because uh, they just couldn't believe what was really going on.
0: So at, at first, all of this is seen as a blessing, mm-hmm. right? All, all this abuse. um what was it that opened your eyes that this wasn't a blessing and that you needed to get out of there?
1: Well, I found out about this um, specifically after I already left, but um, what made me left was um, that he um, always manipulated people so much, you know, and um, he really had this two sides and um, I could also see how he treated the witch and, um, the famous people, you know, like he had even some famous people from the media or from the sports world, you know, um, he always wanted to get um, more and more um, influential people. But there were also people maybe from Eastern Europe, you know, from who are not so wealthy and they spent all their money, you know, they were working all week and then they spent all their money just to be there for one day or just to have a little glimpse of him, just to see him from far away. And they had to sleep on the floor and they were giving um only little food you know and it was to me so heartbreaking to see um you know his real side and i also discussed this um sometimes to people in the higher position you know like there was this inner circle and i asked them how can can this be you know like how does he uh, make so much difference between rich people and poor people and if he is truly god um how can he act like that? And they always made some excuses, you know, and Mm. uh, it was terrible, you know. Um, Later, I felt so bad about Mm. myself. How could I serve such a person, you know? But um, when I left, I was lucky enough that um, later in life, um, I got contact with another friend who also left. And um, yeah, we had lots of conversations about that. And um, later, there was also a Facebook group From survivors and we called it you know the cult survivors and then we had lots of exchange exchange and we were telling our stories and sharing our experiences and that helped me a lot and it made me feel less alone you know
0: so it sounds like after leaving you connected a lot with Mm ex-members um what was your relationship with people who were still inside the group, were you able to communicate with any of them or uh, was it complete shunning?
1: Yeah, I actually, um, I tried to maintain the relationship because um, when I left, um it was for me in the beginning really hard, you know, and um, when I was back in my hometown, um, I felt often so alone because I was so used to be surrounded by people all the time. You know, there were always visitors and there were the other people living there and there was always music going on and there was always something to do. And um, I felt like, wow, what's happening now? You know, I feel like totally lost again. And, um, and then I um, I tried to remain in contact, but um, they didn't want that, you know, they didn't want to be in contact with so- somebody who left the cult. And later, um, when I also, I went on another YouTube channel, you know, that I shared my story and some people found out and they were attacking me and they said, how can you talk about your guru like that? He has done so much for you, you know, and you are just spreading lies and talking negatively about him. And wow it was really tough you know and how did that make you feel that didn't make me feel so well you know and i um i also tried to help some people out because um, i have some other friends who also left the community and they have the same feeling you know that they wanted to help some people out but um it's just so hard you know they are so much involved and it's very difficult to talk to them because there's so much brainwashing going on. And um, yeah, they will always consider us less holy and less advanced and they will always look down on us, unfortunately.
0: Well, I'm happy to hear that you were able to not just leave, but also connect with, you know, the cult survivors uh, in in the group chat. Um, do you think that, being involved in that group chat helped you to take back your life was that a was that helpful for you
1: yes it definitely helped me a lot and it was so interesting to hear the other experiences you know there were some people who gave up their whole life you know um i have one friend um and his sons are still involved, you know, and he is suffering so much as a father, you know, because he really wants his sons out of this cult, but they are just fully into it. And he really is missing his family and his old life, you know, and he feels so much regret, you know, and so remorseful that um, his children are still there. And um, yeah, I have another friend and her best friend is in this cult and she also would like to help her out to to free herself, but it's yeah it's very difficult yeah unfortunately so (laughs) but um, for me it also helped me a lot to connect to other um, ex-cult members even like people like you you know or people who have just been in other cults because it's um, of course every cult is um, different from each other but there are so many similarities you know and like even what we have found out in our first conversation is um, you know it's just very interesting and And then we can help heal each other, you know, and um, it also helped me to read books from Stephen Hassan, for example, and I also shared my story um, online on I Got Out, you know, and um, I wrote a little text about how I left and that really helped me so much. And this really was like therapy for me to connect to others and yeah.
0: Well, I'm I'm happy that you've also that mm-hmm. we have connected. Uh because you know, being alone, uh for me, it was I felt so lost. I mean, you know, before joining the cult, there's a period where you feel lost, where you want some kind of purpose. Then you join the cult, you feel like, oh, I've I found mm-hmm. the purpose in life. And then when you leave, it's like, where do I go? Where do I belong? And so it's you know, for me connecting with Uh, other survivors and people like you it's still helpful and healing for me because it I wish I wish that the healing could take just uh, one day or you know one weekend but it's a it's a process so can you share a little bit if if you're able to uh, what was your healing process like
1: um, yeah, what I, what ha- really helped me um, was um, to just, yeah, put away all the belongings that I had, you know, a little bit like breaking up with somebody, you know, and after the breakup, um, you always think about that person and every song reminds you of that person and you see a certain color, or you see a certain gift <laughs> and you think about that partner or whatever, you know, and then um, I really thought, okay, I cannot throw it all away because it was part of my life. But I just put um, all my old clothes because we had saris, you know, we were wearing Hindu traditional clothes and um, CDs and books and photos of the guru and um, whatever I had, you know, from that time I put it in boxes and then I put them in the cellar and some things are also sold online (laughs) or I give it away to another person. And and that helped me a lot. So I, I just really cleaned my room from the past, you know, and I tried to um, also um, unlike all the Facebook pages, so not to be confronted with him anymore. And um, yeah, that was a big step for me. And, and then I just tried to um, deprogram myself from the old things that we learned, you know, there was so much brainwashing going on. And I really tried to to open my mind again, you know, because I felt like I became so narrow minded and I was living in a bubble and just following certain directions for such a long time, and we had all these regulations, and I kind of started to live again, you know to broaden my horizon and just to try out new things, maybe to try out a new hobby um i I tried to go surfing in Portugal, for example, you know, something I never did before. And um, I went to a concert with a friend and, okay. you know, so many things. I just did things that were fun in my eyes and um, that I didn't allow myself before I was living in a cult.
0: And did it, did it feel weird when you were starting to enjoy life? Did you ever feel guilty?
1: um sometimes yes sometimes i was really feeling like an alien you know because <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: there were so many things that i didn't know about the world you know i was just living in my own world and we had our schedule and we had our regulations and it was also family, you know you get so used to everything and then suddenly There are people partying and drinking alcohol and doing this and that, you know, and listening to other music, music I have not heard before. And, uh, you know, and I felt so uncool, you know, I I felt like I don't belong to this cool people here and... um, um yeah, so it was it was really such a challenge. And um I also didn't tell everybody straight away that I'm an ex-cult member, you know. I just yeah. tried to kind of um pretend to be somebody I w- I really wasn't yet, you know. So um, but later I kind of became my old personality again. Oh, that, and it's like you it said, you know, it's it doesn't work in a weekend or maybe it doesn't even work in a year, but it just gradually um evolving you know and just um yeah we are still on the path so to say and still learning and trying out new things and still healing so it does take a while
0: yeah it does take a while um to take back one's life to you know to be able to fit because like you were Mm -hmm. saying you feel out of place but it sounds like uh you're doing much better now um how about your faith cuz you know earlier you were saying how you were very uh you know devoted to you know like this uh life of uh prayer and kind of that holiness uh are you still a have any kind of faith or are you searching where where are you at this
1: Um, When I left, I kind of felt like there are so many other um, things, you know, religions also. And um, the interesting thing about this cult was that even though um, it was mainly focusing on the Hindu and Christian um, religion, we were always um, saying or we were always taught that all religions are the same, you know, that we were sometimes also singing songs from Islam or from native american spirit songs and buddhism and christianity you know really mixing traditions together so it wasn't such a culture shock when i left and um i was still um You know, um, going through different um, phases in my life where I was also meeting different gurus and um, sometimes I went to different spiritual events, you know, still searching for an answer, or searching for a purpose in life, so to say. But now I also see it a little bit um, with different eyes, you know, and um, I really believe that nature is my temple, you know, I love to spend time in nature and just really helps me to connect to myself and I love to spend time with animals and with people, you know, and I'm not judging anybody anymore because, um, as you know, I think when you're in a cult, they really teach you that now you're such a special person and all the other people who are not in the cult they are not as involved and so on and um, also i'm taking back my power you know which is also very um, um, very important you know when you are devoted to a guru and um, to a spiritual teacher and um, yeah you're learning again to take your own decisions you know not to be so dependent emotionally or financially or in whatever kind of way to a certain person and um, so, yeah, it's, it's really a good experience to earn my own money and to um, feel more free now again. I and, love it. Yeah. <laughs> You're
0: taking back your power. I love that. Um, now to kind of wrap things up, uh, for those listeners who are in a similar situation that you are in, what advice can you give them uh In these difficult times that they may be facing,
1: I think um the most important thing um would be to reconnect to your family and to your friends because um that happens in many cars, you know that they try to cut off your connections to your family, to your friends, to people that you know, and um they really try to gain power over you, you know and um, and that's very dangerous in my opinion and um, it really helps you know to um, have a connection to other people and they can also try to help you out you know when you are fully involved maybe you um, think you have to be there because you don't have money you have no place to go and um, you are scared or maybe the ex the other cult members they will you know um, chase you or um, you know, um, threaten you or whatever. So there are many fears, um, probably, um, what that you're going through. So, um, just try to connect to your loved ones and um, try to open up. You know, share your story and share your emotions. And there are also many, um, like here in Germany, but um, also in the America and in other countries, uh, many organizations that can help you. You know, um, to leave a cult and there are um these cult um you know organizations that know about cults and consultants and um yeah that can be really helpful and also to read about cults you know to really inform yourself about the red flags there are many good books online and many um websites or on instagram you can also find out a lot on social media Um, YouTube channels like your YouTube channel or other ones, you know, it's really good to inform yourself what is a cult and what are the dangers of a cult and how can you get out, you know, so yeah, it's a long way but it's worth it And, and you know, sharing my own experiences, I can really say it's worth it because life is offering so much and there are so many things to learn and to find out about yourself and to experience and it's yeah (laughs) i'm really glad that i'm i got out and that i can have new experiences in life now
0: that's the beautiful thing is that you're able to experience life and have new adventures and you mentioned earlier that i I think you said you went surfing in portugal Mm -hmm. is that correct yeah (laughs) i mean if you if you would have remained in the cult do you think you would have gone surfing in Portugal? (laughs)
1: No, never, no, because it was even, um, they were even looking, down on you when you were feeling something more revealing as a woman, you know, um, like wearing a bikini was almost like a taboo, you know, and and we were not allowed to do that. And we were not allowed to do certain things that were just fun, you know. And um, (laughs) so now um, I don't have to think twice about it, whether the guru likes it or not. I just um, have to ask myself, do I like it? Do I want to go surfing? Yes or no. And then (laughs) I'm just going, you know, so. It's just um, following my own guidance now and, um, yeah, not feeling guilty about so many things that I felt guilty before, of, you know? So yeah. it's yeah. really refreshing.
0: But these are the simple things in life, you know, being with family, uh, going to the beach, traveling. Those are beautiful things, which uh, sadly the cult, Stole from you. They stole years, three years from you by, uh, you know, this fraud. They were presenting to you that life is going to be nice, that you know we're your family, and then once you join it's like, get to work. You know, we need you to work. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you know now you're in a place where, you know, I see you smiling, and I I see Mm -hmm. you on Instagram and you know keep that up and also i loved your uh your advice of you know being educated because at first for me i was afraid to be educated because in my mind i was thinking i i wasn't in a cult you know it, you know i i i was i was thinking i was the bad person but like you said right. there is a need to be educated and I really love that you mentioned that because through education and watching YouTube channels and, you know, listening to podcasts that gave mm-hmm. me the understanding that what happened there, it, it's not our fault. You know, we don't have to guilty no. for those things, but, but it's good to learn. Mm-hmm. So, so we can, you know, move, move forward. So, um, Uh, And also the
1: thing is that it can happen to everybody, you know, Um, some people think that Um, getting involved in a cult only happens to young people or to people who are maybe in a crisis or to uneducated people or to old people who are feeling lonely and so on. But um, I met all kinds of people, you know, I met doctors, I met lawyers, I met stars, I met singers, you know, very influential people and with a lot of education and, um, you know, um, who are really intelligent people. But it can really happen to everybody because we are all looking for something, you know, so there's nothing to judge about um, being in a cult and um, it just, it can really happen to everybody. So, yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. your story and for sharing also your journey to take back your life. Um, if people want to follow you, uh, do you have any like YouTube or instagram tiktok anything like that that you would like to share or
1: yeah i have on instagram it's i'm just a small account but um feel free to connect to me and it's called annabelle um, with double n and one l and then slash secret
0: (laughs) okay so So I'll, i'll put that in the show notes And again, thank you you so much, Annabelle. It's been a joy listening to you and having you on the show. And for those who are listening, uh, thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez, and you have been listening to the Truth That Heals podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to share my story.